Hello and welcome to another edition of Thinking Aloud About Film. Today we're continuing our look at the work of Moton Fay and we're looking at another film from 1980 called A Deadly Secret, which is another Shaw Brothers film, same year as Lost Souls, but I, I think very, very, very different from, from Lost Souls. Um, yes. What did you think, Jose? Well, I think we've had enough of Moton Fay. <laughs> <laughs> My feeling about it was, actually, I enjoyed it very much. It was very enjoyable. Mm. Uh, but also, you can see how the generic elements win out. You know, so there are a couple of things where you see some imagination and some of the fight sequences. But actually, it's just not enough for me to sustain an interest. So when we saw Lost Souls, you think, okay, this is so incredibly violent and vicious mm. and, you know, explo exploitative that that within an envelope of trying to deal with a serious issue was, was interesting, mm. right? And, and made me want to continue learning more about Mautun Fei, uh, particularly in the light of the first two films, which I do think are extraordinary. And with the second one, being a kind of masterpiece, I think, actually. Mm. Certainly a potential one. I, I have to watch it more times. But this, I thought, yeah, fun, but I've got better things to do with my time than, than this. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you? I, like, like you, I, I enjoyed it. And, and it was it was very well put together. Very, The editing was really interesting. There were some interesting angles and so on. But yeah, it, it was um, a, you know, generic martial arts film in the same vein as those is it King, King Sue films we talked about um, a few few months ago. So the people, yeah, the the, the, the elaborate wigs, the ludicrous wire wire moves. But those the, are much better. I, I actually thought this was like relatively undistinguished. Yeah. I mean, what, what's interesting, I guess, is I, th I think this one was made before Lost Souls. Um, and he, after Lost Souls, he... He may have made a couple more Shaw Brothers films, but then he moved away and did his own his own thing, which actually I think went more into that extreme violence and social comments end of things than than, than this one. Um, so possibly the later films more interesting, but they're also incredibly violent. So um, well, I mean, I don't mind. You know, I, I mean, I think for me the interesting is the key. Why don't you tell us a story, and then we can kind of talk about you know the film. Yeah. So the film opens with. Um, a young man being thrown into prison and he's sharing a cell with a, a guy who's clearly been there for, for years. And it all turns out to be an elaborate plot revolving around the fact that the guy who's already in the cell knows the deadly secret, which was, was whispered to him by a dying martial arts teacher, which is essentially the whereabouts of some treasure. And that that kind of that's the plot really they're trying they're trying to yeah basically they're hoping that the young man will be able to find out the deadly secret and they'll be able to get it out then they put loads of other people in the cell to find out the deadly secret they have a fight then it turns out you know they're both both the men are in love with women who are you know getting married to other people people are buried alive people are poisoned there's a um I mean, the, the the one extreme violence scene in there is that extraordinary torture sequence at the beginning, which uh, where the, the the older guy is tortured using it by being forced to sit on a chair with a with a wooden spike being driven up him. But he seems to recover surprisingly quickly from 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 that. And well, it's not it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is that, yeah, it's a secret. It is a good secret to have. Uh, and and uh, yeah, then then you know in a 
very ironic ending you know they all the baddies find out the deadly secret and it turns out to be deadly <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of the plot i mean it's it's, it's fairly mindless entertainment i think well, you know when i was a, when i was a young kid in montreal i would often go with my friend watson watson kwang uh to see chinese films because they were always they always had english subtitles and you know they would have these triple bills of you know a kung fu movie a comedy and a romance right and actually it was interesting because this film you know it was like the romance and the kung fu movie you know mixed together right because the romance is so um it's a particular type of romance right because it's always about impossible love yeah that can only be united in death right that like uh you know their love is just a suffering because they can't be together right yeah so so it's a very interesting and actually not atypical in chinese films idea mm. of love yeah right? yeah uh that there are so many restrictions of class and family and you know you don't make your own decisions so actually your own desires are often frustrated by your family's needs right so you know kind of love is often impossible Right. So the film has all of that. And in many ways, it is very romantic, though the film never offers a critique of those ideas. So, you know, I did a gif of um, a scene from the film the other day because, you know, it really caught my eye. It's like, you know, she tells him since, you know, you cannot love me or something since I cannot marry you, let me at least be a filial daughter. And you think these are these women's two options in life to either be married or to be a filial daughter and ideally both right and the film doesn't critique that at all in any way yeah yeah it's like there's a scene where the, the, in order to avoid getting married off she kind of slashes her face with with with, with daggers i mean there are there are some quite extraordinary images in this but but yeah i, I think it is all it I, it, it all felt quite generic, and I think what it what it didn't have that the, the two early films had, and we were slightly surprised to find that Lost Souls had, is that political comments and, and yes. you know out, outrage really that he had in those those other three films. Yes, he could have done something visually that made the demands of the story, you know, he might have been forced to film mm. distinct from you know. Uh, from another point of view on it, right? So, for example, a lot of these very traditional and patriarchal kung fu films often make up for it by having women do the kung fu or, you know... Yeah. yeah like, th there are ways around all of it, but this is just so oppressive. Just looking at the other credits, I mean, actually, you know, seriously, if we could find this, you'd watch it. Three doctors pursue three hard-to-get beauties in the go-go-go era of the 70s. I mean, I'd, wa <laughs> I'd watch that. But... I'd watch that. <laughs> that doesn't appear to be Shaw Brothers. So it kind of feels like he made these two or three small, maybe small-scale films, then got involved with Shaw's and made put those part of a ghost story anthology he did for them, also in 1980, and then, the, then this one and then Lost Souls. In fact, God, he made four films in 1980. The, the other one, which again, I can't find an English title, Childhood Exploits of the Four Adolescent Sioux Brothers Orbit Around the Family's Love and Indulgence of the Spoiled Youngest Son. Um, then the parents die, the sons grow up into adulthood, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's, which sounds kind of 
more in line with the first two films, actually. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm giving the wrong impression because there was almost nothing that I disliked. I didn't have a hard time watching it. He does seem to have done a couple of other films like this, but then he did uh, Men Behind the Sun, which is the one about um, Japanese medical experiments during World War II, uh, which, as I say, is is incredibly graphic, but does appear to have a kind of political edge to it. So it might be interesting to have a look at that. Yes, well, that um, might be interesting, yes. Uh, if, we can, <laughs> if, we can, if we can stomach it. Lost Souls was a more interesting film, but I would be slightly hesitant to recommend anyone watch it without giving them a load of caveats about about the content. Whereas this, you know, I think yeah, if you watch the first two those first two films, it would be interesting if you wanted to see a short but a you know big budget Shaw Brothers martial arts film that he did. There's this. I mean, it's, it's odd that actually Lost Souls probably has more in common with the earlier two films than than this one does. Well, all three of those are much more ambitious, uh, formally, intellectually you know, aesthetically than this film. This is really like a B-movie in every way, even though there's nothing bad about it. Like, you know, the performances for their type are fine. The action sequences are fine. The plot is serviceable, you know, but I mean, I think this is a film that I'll forget instantly, basically. Yeah, yeah. It it feels more like work for hire than the other two. Um, but it'd be, uh, I've, I've not yet had a chance to watch the rest of that interview with him where he does talk about you know, the earlier films and how he got involved with the Shores. So um, may, maybe he'll shed some light on, on this. I mean, I don't think I'm being unkind, really. I mean, or I'm going out of my way to not be unkind because there's nothing offensive or even particularly creaky or bad. I mean, you accept the genre for what it is. You know, and it does it in an entirely serviceable way, you know, that is entertaining to watch, at least for men. I'm not sure how women would feel about watching this film, actually. Uh, and I, and it's quite something considering Lost Souls. Yeah, yeah. but I think, you know, in Lost Souls seemed like an equal opportunity, yeah, exploiter. Whereas this field felt very patriarchal. Yeah. The women uh, just stand around and have and things happen to them. It's that's like right. you know, the in the final sequence, the I wasn't even sure why the the younger woman was there, you know, and, and who who is she rooting for? And she's just kind of hanging around. Um, no, because she was the woman who'd been promised yeah. to the young man, but who actually married somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, she must die. <laughs> well, yeah, because it kind of wasn't her fault, you know. She'd been fooled. She'd been given to understand that the young well, man was in bed with his sister. scratch her face. And... Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway. I mean, honestly, uh, you're so fickle. You know, last, the other the other night, Moton Fay was the greatest director ever. And, uh, now, I mean, I think I stand by what I said about the two earlier films. Maybe had I watched this film not having seen the first two films, you know, it would just be like, you know, generic fun and, you know, kind of... But having seen, and this is like the, maybe part of the sadness about Motun Fei, having seen what he could do in 1970, to see that this is what he was doing a few years later is kind of sad. And if this, was, if this is what he went on to do for the rest of the, his career, it's a kind of tragedy. As far as I can see, it, it isn't. I mean, IMDb has him directing 14 films. I, I suspect he probably directed more than that because there, there seemed to be some um, 
erotic films he made that perhaps are not listed on IMDb. <laughs> the ones that I'm aware of, and certainly the ones that I that I have seen bits of, are, are not like this film. Like they're, they're not they're not generic kung fu films. Um, so yeah, but, but we'll see. I guess we'll see. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so thank you all very much for listening. We are thinking aloud about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Bye bye.